0: are listening to the holy backboard on the sage digital and nothing but net networks for more on your trailblazers go to itunes search the holy backboard and subscribe today today's show is brought to you by vinyl me please join the record of the month club at www.joinvmp.com forward slash holy backboard
1: let's go All right, cool. I can hit it over here.
2: All right. All right, everybody. Welcome to the 134th edition of the Holy Backboard Podcast. I am Dustin here in Rip City, and I got my man.
0: It's chilling, man. Your boy really needs to learn to get more sleep because I was playing video games far too late. Like, dog. Rainbow Six Siege, when you're finally getting good at it, that game is fucking fire. But I'm here right now. The sun's out and we're podcasting, which is a new thing for me. But we have a pretty special guest. We got a. What's up, Rip City?
1: Keith, uh, Rip City Keith over here from the Trailcasters, hanging with Sage and Dustin at Holy Backboard. Thank you guys so much for having me on. It is a real honor.
2: Of course. Thank you for joining us. And it is under, I would say, pretty good conditions right now. Blazers winners of four straight, all at home, sitting at 26 and 17. Good enough for fourth in the Western Conference. And really, three games back of Denver for the top seed, who Portland plays later tonight. Uh, the Blazers had a really solid homestand after losing that tough one. To the Oklahoma City Thunder, they bounced back, beat the Rockets, and then this week, as we predicted, went 3-0, all double-digit victories, uh, beat the Knicks by 10, the Bulls by 12, and just dismantled the Hornets uh, by 20 31 points. I mean, when it gets to those crooked numbers, uh, my math starts to go down a little bit. So that shows just how much of a blowout that one was. And honestly, I was the most worried about that game because of Kemba Walker. And I think the Hornets are actually in the Eastern Conference playoff picture. And we kind of struggled with the, the Knicks and Bulls, but the Blazers looked great. And I think three things that really stood out for me. One, the starters got a ton of rest Nurkic put up basically 20 and 10 every game with like 20 minutes of hoop. Uh, CJ looks like he finally got on a roll. And the third thing, Damian Lillard was a playmaker and he, I think he continued to shoot under 15 shots, uh, two of those three games and was just really looking to set his guys up. I think he said after, uh, the Chicago game, he knows there's times when he needs to, uh, basically take over and there's times when we need to get his teammates involved i think this three game stretch was the perfect scenario to get his teammates involved in you know everyone really looked looked solid so i think that's about as good of a result as you can ask for when you play three sub 500 teams
0: yeah salute to just bad teams that we just beat by <laughs> double digits man like the hornets are gonna make the playoffs and they look atrocious and i know i know cody zeller's out but the fact is, he wasn't going to stop us either way. So that team is just shit. It's really bad. Like, I don't know how Kemba Walker is going to re sign unless he just wants that cash grab. That team needs to be in the lottery for a few
1: years. Well, how do you think Batum looked the other night? I, I was, the, well, we were there at the game watching, man. I feel like Batum's looking a little thicker, a little heavier and slower than I'm used to seeing him back in the day.
2: Oh, yeah. Lowski. He- Lo- Batum might be the worst contract in the entire NBA. Uh, He is. Yeah, if
0: if you take Wall out, Batum's been washed all year, bro. Like there's a reason. Oh, a lot, bro. Remember, he he left us to get that big money deal. So it's a lot.
2: An extra year after Evan Turner and he's making like 24 million. He's basically Chandler Parsons with an extra year. Mm hmm.
1: That is insane.
2: Well, there's a reason that Malik Monk and
0: Devontae Graham are getting minutes over Batum, bro, and it's just that he's washed, man. Like, I think the Hornets are one of those teams that are really bad at giving up points to shooting guards and small forwards this year. Whatever Batum's guarding, they're getting biz. I mean, like, you you look at him, man; he's just washed, and it sucks because he's, you know, like, there's people that fuck with him, but like, he's not very. A very good basketball player right now I mean of course he'd kick our ass but like when you're dealing with the one percent of one percent he's just letting him get those easy ass buckets
1: I, I just I feel like for a while I was thinking you know with all the trouble we're having here in Portland between ET and Jake Lehman and Mo Harkless trying to figure out our small forward spot I'm like man how about those days back when we had Batum it, it would be such a perfect fit now then you see him coming to town I was like oh man I, I don't want to tell anyone else about that kind of hold off on that thought of it <laughs>
2: Keep that one to yourself, Keith.
0: <laughs> Maybe it's because we edited that. I I had to listen to that 2012 draft podcast, but I remember like even in 2012, Dustin saying like this dude is never consistent. And the one thing that we can say about this team, we need a consistent small forward. Right. If Batum was if Batum was wishy washy in 2012, you know, 40 pounds lighter and four years younger, he's probably gonna be pretty shitty now. After he's gotten that
2: cake. How have you guys felt with Mo Harkless is obviously back on the shelf. um, Back to being day-to-day for in perpetuity, it it seems like. Jake Lehman has moved into that starting role. And even better, I've liked that we've gotten Stauskas back in the rotation. And he's came in like the microwave, instant offense, very efficient, taking quality looks. Yes, he's a role player. And yes, he plays better at home. But the... Harkless being out and Sage, we we we've touched on this over the year or over this season, it hasn't affected the trailblazers as much as it would have had previously. Because if we look back at that 13 game win streak, we had last season, he was a main cog in that, like he was hitting corner threes. He was playing great defense, slashing, attacking, but we haven't really seen that Harkless. He's played some defense in stretches, but he hasn't been very good or consistent. and, And I feel like we're not really missing a beat. And Jake Lehman might, I don't know if he's the the final answer at small forward, but I think he's the best answer for this team right now.
0: Yeah, I think you nailed it. I mean, it's either a C player or a C player, and we're playing the C player that's better. (laughs) I mean, of course, you know, if we were wanting to compete, we'd probably be buyers in the market for a small forward. And, you know, like there, there are better, you know, answers but there's not that perfect one and layman for as of right now is producing at a level where it's like okay he's not killing us he's doing some good things let's keep him there because he's cheap and if we find someone better at the deadline put him in and then layman can go back to the bench but he's playing fine admirably
1: so i like what layman's doing but i'm also kind of curious. I feel like at least what I'm seeing on paper, Layman is the least uh, the the biggest liability on defense between him and Mo and Et. Mo is like is Mo fully back on the on the um on the shelf like you said, Dustin, or is he just sitting out of the backs uh second night of back to backs? Is he definitely not like consistent each night? I'm not really paying attention. I
2: think over this week. He's He's been out the entire week. Yeah, I guess
1: you're right. Gosh.
2: So, so he played against the Thunder, and then he didn't play that back-to-back against Houston. They sat him out the rest of this homestand. So his left knee is, is flaring up. And uh, I, I do agree. We do lose quite a bit defensively when you've got Harkless versus Lehman. But I would say that Aminu and Nurkic and even Damian have yeah. been strong enough defensively that I think we can get away with, with Jake Lehman. I think he just gives us much more... Um, movement on offense like he's hes just I trust him more to make an open three and he's just bouncy around the rim whether it's for a lob or for a tip dunk or for grabbing offense rebounds he just keeps plays alive and that's what I've been begging out of Mo Harkless and we, we just really right. had it so I'll take that offense for defense trade-off because of the team structure right now those other three that I mentioned are I think are, are really making our defense uh, pretty respectable at the moment
0: well I remember looking at the stat and the Blazers were the worst team defensively at defending small opposing small forwards. So I think that like, as you were saying, Jake Lehman is the reason for that, but yo, do you really want to see Evan Turner get more
1: minutes? (laughs) No, that's a fair one
0: (laughs) or more heartless. He isn't back. yo. I might, we might as well take the little bit of offense Jake provides and really like send help Jake Lehman's way because there's really great small forwards. So there there's a reason he's given up those points, but like our our small forward options are just garbage, garbage and garbage. So let's pick the least garbage out of the three. And right now it's Jake Lehman.
2: So this past week, Portland was in the, the news probably for the first time. And when, as it relates to a trade rumor and it's someone that's near and dear to our heart, Sage, uh, there's reports on if you listen to the Ringer podcast, uh, they mentioned the Sixers, Thunder and Blazers were all interested in uh, Atlanta Hawks, small four, Torian Prince. Um, they're a team that's young. They've got a lot of cap space and they're getting a lot of good production out of uh, Kevin Herter and uh, DeAndre Bembry. And they might want to capitalize on an asset in Torian Prince, who will be a free agent the year after next. Um, personally, I would love to go after him. I, I think. He is someone who would thrive as a fifth option, not fourth or fifth option. Like you're not going to get double teamed when there's Dame CJ and Nurk on the floor. So I, he kind of reminds me of, of a small forward version of Wes Matthews. He's I don't think he's a, a world beater by any means, but man, this dude's going to play good defense, hit the open three and hopefully uh, like slash. Like he's the small forward I've been wanting.
0: Well, l- let's talk about DeAndre Bembry and Kevin Herter. They are not giving good production. They're taking a lot of shots, and somehow they're they're making them. So it's not Her- good production.
2: Herter. looked like a baller against Philadelphia. Let's just- Herter takes a lot of
0: threes, bro. I think he takes like seven threes a game. Man, he is not. He is not. He's he's shooting a lot because
2: there's a lot of uh, getting good production. I was saying that's what the Hawks believe they are.
0: <laughs> okay, all right, fair, fair enough uh but Lloyd Pierce, you're wrong if you think herder's doing well, but uh <laughs> it it kind of makes sense that like we're we're a- after Prince and like that other rumor of Jeremy Lynn like you you we can't really trade for Prince without uh trading either zach Collins or putting another you know expensive asset like a Moharkless or a uh myers leonard so i th- I think the whole Prince interest and Lynn interest is to get rid of one of those, you know, Myers Leonard contracts and we get a backup point guard and a small forward and they take a, take that first round pick as compensation. I think that's, I think that's what the, that's what Neil's trying to do right now.
1: See, I hadn't even really uh, heard much about Tori and Prince involved with the trade rumors yet. I had heard about uh, Jeremy Lin. And Dustin, when you were first leading into this, I'm like, oh, no. Don't act like you want Jeremy Lin up here when you're talking like our guy. He'll like, bring him in. And then you said Prince. I'm like, oh, wait, what? What's going on? I haven't heard this news. <laughs> that, I think that's a much better fit in my mind than bringing Jeremy Lin to Portland. But uh, what if
0: taking Jeremy Lin was part of the expense of getting Tori and Prince? How do you feel about that?
1: So we are talking – Lynn and Prince coming in here, and you're like you said just a minute ago. That's probably shipping out Mo or Et and, and a first rounder or Myers, yeah, or Myers. Okay, I mean, are you talking like Zach Collins with that? You think he's no, a necessity no, no. no. Or- I,
0: I think it's I think it's that first round pick is what uh, Atlanta is really going for, and they will take one of Myers or Mo to uh, make that trade happen. What would you Boy, think about that? Yeah, what would that you think about?
1: So okay, so when I've been hearing the Lynn rumors already, I was real hesitant just because I'm not sure that he gives us that much more than what we've got already. Oh, like, he's, I guess he's
0: beasting be- this year. If he's getting minutes, he's beasting. Like, what's
1: his contract for the future? Obviously, like one we've year. Only got Curry for one year. Okay, one year, and so Lynn's one million. year as well.
0: One year, ten million, I think. But like when he's mm-hmm. he he was playing aso- alongside Trey Young and getting like he's beating out Trey Young for minutes. He's rebounding, passing, scoring. Yeah, he's it. doing his thing. Like he's re- he recovered from the injury. Dustin talked about how we need a playmaker that that's like a pass first guy off the bench. I think Jeremy Lin is a very good example of a guy that could do that. And he can get to the rim. Like you know how much we're dying for free throws and easy points. Jeremy Lin can get to the rim, get foul calls, Kobe assists. I I I fuck with Lynn. I wouldn't mind re-signing him because he's been looking good in Atlanta.
1: I I haven't seen enough of Lynn maybe to really convince me, but at the same time, like you look at that on paper and you talk about that—if that's not costing us a starter or 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 Zach—it feels like that's getting a lot of potential value or improvement for for what we're getting rid of,
2: right? it's crazy too when we talk about these contracts and we talk about Evan Turner mo harkless and Myers Leonard I'm almost like myers is the one I least want to trade right now and that's insane but he has played well in his role he's being aggressive he's hammering at home when he can and he's a really damn good shooter when, when he when he's open I, I can see that he's he's busting his ass out there um it's easy I would much rather give up harkless or Turner than than Myers I think he's He's a, he's a pretty good backup center. Like you give him 15 minutes a night, 17. And I think, you know what you're going to get. I, I don't love that. He's being paid $10 million this year next, but, um, if he keeps this up, I mean, knock on wood, I can't believe I'm saying this. Maybe you re-sign Myers for a small three, $4 million deal if he's able to get that cheap. but I wouldn't go more than that. I think in his current role, he's finally getting consistent minutes and he's healthy. Um, He's just playing with a confidence that he, quite frankly, hasn't had for three or four years.
1: Man, that's the most positive Myers take I've heard in a long time from anyone, bro. Yeah, I love good
2: it. Shit, good <laughs> shit, But he's playing, Sage, I know you're not a Myers fan, but he's playing pretty well in his role. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I, you yeah, know, definitely. But there, the, you shouldn't be paying $10 million for a fourth big, but that's not his fault, and I get but that. You but you yeah. always
2: talk about sunk costs. He is yeah. a sunk cost. That's what we're paying, and we can't. Maximize it or minimize it. That's what it is. I mean, at least we're getting some production right now out of him.
1: Mm. Say, so, did if, you say fourth big for Myers? Yeah. Like, are you putting Chief in with the bigs? Is that the idea? I'm trying to think yeah. of the
0: yeah Chief, okay. Nurk, Zach.
1: I guess, I guess, I just I don't see Chief as like any fit of a uh, a small ball five. But these other three, you got Nurk, Zach, and Myers, who all can be like a small ball to a legitimate sometimes mm. five. So I almost just see like kind of chief in a class of his own, I guess. When I was, but I don't know. Well, I, I, I mean, do he's, like start, the,
0: he's the starting four of the team right now, so right, it's like right. you got to add him in, even though he yeah. probably will get traded eventually. But like he just until, plays a role than those other three. Absolutely, but until until he's off the team, he has to be considered as a four because that's what he's being played as. And I mean, like I think that's his best role is that stretch four or
2: you know kind of stretch role four role. It, it is
1: kind of. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Dustin.
2: I was just going to say, and one other thing about, just back to the Prince rumors, I think you almost have to get him so the Thunder do not get him. That becomes a scary team if they acquire Torrey and Prince. So you almost have to play defense um, to grab a guy. I mean, I think he's a great fit, but in that instance, I think you have to kind of box out your division rivals because uh, Portland's neck and neck with with Denver and OKC and Utah's, they're going to have a home-friendly schedule coming up. Um, the second half of the season is going to be incredibly fun, and I think Portland has proven themselves enough that they should probably look at uh, acquiring some additional talent to help Dame, CJ, and and now Nurk. And as I mentioned on the last episode, it's really Nurk's development and Nurk's production that has gotten me to believe more in this team than it than if it were just Dame and CJ going off. I think Nurk is a legitimate difference maker. Alongside Damian Lillard. I mean, we heard David Fizdale of the Knicks basically call him a mountain man because you just cannot move that <laughs> dude. Yeah, I,
1: I agree, man. I think I think Nurk is definitely in kind of a class of his own. Not a class of his own, but he's in a smaller kind of weight class and it does give him an advantage. Uh I think it's really interesting how he has kind of come alive the last little little bit for the Blazers. And if you uh if anyone out there listens to uh the trailcast as well, our last episode, I was kinda of telling Brandon, I don't understand the Blazers push to Uh push dame and cj as the all-star votes I get kind of they are the core and kind of the the media friendly core of the team But Nurkic is so much the second piece for us right now
2: I think a lot of that pr and publicity gets determined prior to the season starting And so obviously we didn't know what nurk was going to do And you can't all of a sudden kick cj off of the campaign and 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 put nurk in there now But I think next year you'll you'll see them push for more of, Of a big three let me ask you guys this, actually. Oh. <laughs> okay, so let, let
1: me uh, throw this one out there, too. We were talking before about uh, Nurk versus Steven Adams after the OKC game the other weekend. And Adams is kind of getting the same thing. He's getting kind of some of this, like, borderline talk of an all-star nod. Would you guys put Nurkic in that same category? Like, would you put him at the level of, like, all-star caliber center even if he doesn't get the votes? I mean, I I think I, Nurk's I
2: better think than is. Steven
0: Adams there this year. There we go. There we go. Well, like yeah, Steven I, Adams I, I has disappeared a lot in games. Like he'll have an elite first quarter and then he's gone second, third, and fourth. Like Nurk has been incredibly consistent this year. Like even so, like even December and November, he was consistently putting up really nice numbers. It's just January took his game to the next level. Like he's now the highest usage rate player on the team according to stats i looked at two days ago might have changed a little but like we are putting an <laughs> effort into fight like getting the big man the ball like he he he's getting biz this year so yeah he's definitely better than steven adams
2: yeah i think you're you hit the nail on the head there sage i think october through december nurk probably comparable to steven adams but january nurk i mean the dude just had 11 points 11 rebounds eight assists six blocks On six field goal attempts um, against the Hornets. He and Bill Walton, the only two Blazers to ever put up that type of stat line. I read the the Zach Lowe article on ESPN about the 10 things he loves and hates. Um, And he didn't. He kind of knocked Nurk for his defense. And I think that's bullshit. Nurk should be getting some defensive player of the year recognition. Because our defense would be absolutely abysmal without him. And I think he blocks a lot of shots. He rebounds. And he defends really well. For his position, and um, I think right now the argument is Jokic and Embiid are the only two centers. I think you could really say I, I would take them over this this version of Yusuf Nurkic, and uh, just his, his defense is incredible, and he has an ability to score with his back to the basket, which is something that Stephen Adams really can't do as efficiently. And lastly, on Nurk. How nimble has he been around the rim? Like some of those layups, the reverses, I mean, just on the pick and roll, he is—he has got some light feet. I mean, he is really moving and just – he's graceful. Like you see big guys. It's funny when Nurk lost all that weight last year, he looked clumsy. He put it back on a bit, and he just looks graceful as shit.
1: Yeah. The the dude, you can't mess with him around the rim, man. I I was saying the other night uh, when we were watching the game too – He just, his spin move, he and E.T., between the two of them spinning down the floor, you could get an opponent so thrown off. And they've got, they managed to maintain their center, and they, it's amazing. I really enjoy that part of the game. If that has to come with some of the mid-range things, so be it. But why doesn't he just step back for more threes? How do you guys feel about Nurk taking threes? Is that okay to add in there? I am
2: anti-Nurk shooting threes. Oh, really? (laughs) I like him, I like him shooting the two mid-range shots he takes per game because he gets in his rhythm when he's hitting the layups, he's hitting the hook shots. He's just, he is beasting down low. Like his field goal percentage is where it should be like seven of nine, eight of 11. Like we have enough shooters that like to hang around the perimeter. I think that's why he's so effective is because big guys forgot how to play down Mm -hmm. low. Yeah. I
0: used to love Alonzo morning. And when he hit his first outside jumper of the game, he would never get into the paint. Yo, like, Shooting outside jumpers is a lot easier on the body than banging in the post. So, like, if he shoots more threes, he's going to feel like, oh, my back is less sore. I'm going to shoot more threes. So, the fact that he isn't shooting threes is a really good thing in my mind. I don't like the narrative that the media is pushing. Like, you know, Nurk can shoot two threes a game and it'd be fine. Nah, man, we want him in the post as much as possible. There's not many centers that can hang with him. So why not why would you take away this like really awesome advantage every time down the floor where he could just do his work on the post whenever he wants. And if he's shooting more threes, he's farther away from the post. I mean, we're a really good rebounding team. Why would we take, you know, one of our best rebounders away from the hoop, you know?
2: I think you're you're absolutely right, Sage. I think we mentioned it a couple of episodes ago, but it's like the Warriors when they were the trendsetters by going small. I think everyone's trying to replicate that, and Portland's having success actually throwing it to a traditional big man who is nimble enough to defend a modern NBA player. And I think that's why we have such unique advantage come playoff time, is there's really nobody in the NBA that's going to be able to defend him. And I think that opens the floor up for a guy like um, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. You know, as we saw last year in the postseason, we weren't able, for whatever reason, they didn't play NERC um against the davis mirtich uh front court i think and what we were clamoring for sage was put him in there and make them play some defense so you have to counter it out a bit um this year he is our he is our unique weapon right now and i think we need to continue to feed him and that's why that's why we're moving up the standings is a direct correlation between nurk taking his game to the next level and us winning ball games
1: I was gonna say, just don't get Sage too excited. Hey, there, you were talking about New Orleans and that that series last year. Like, we just gotta like, limit that that talk around here. I'm sure we're gonna derail with Sage. So. uh
0: <laughs> I mean, yo, I don't I don't particularly like New Orleans this year, but okay, I mean, there we go. Good. I, I I remember last year, it was pretty sweet, but yeah, uh, okay, I think man. we might be talking about them later. I don't know.
1: Well, I, but I, Dustin, as far as what you were saying, I do feel like that matchup. I, I wonder how much the Blazers were limited with playing Nurk as far as uh, that just being a nightmare matchup. AD is just not someone that you can really, even with Nurk having his size and kind of traditional skill set, it's weird to think of him as, as a traditional big, but you're right compared to most He's of the, the NBA. Traditional right now.
0: big, yeah. He, I mean, yeah.
1: But, but uh, AD is just the nightmare matchup for it. I would be curious if we can match up with anyone, maybe not Utah, but pretty much anyone else in the West. I don't think there's much uh, to fear for Nurk out there.
2: No. I mean, I'm, still not, I'm still not too worried about Utah. We split with them last year, too, and they kicked our butts Their last defense year isn't as good
0: as it was last year,
2: but what I will say. I think say- they,
0: just,
2: they caught us before we started clicking. I, I mean, we have two two more games against them this month, so hopefully we can see that. But, you know, we beat them down there last year, and then we beat them on the last game of the year to close the third seed. So, yes, I know they kicked our ass twice in, in a pretty short span, but I, I still would like our chances against anybody not named the Golden State Warriors.
1: I'm not even sure if I'm that worried about Golden State. I'm still like, I feel like I could watch them implode this season and be totally happy with it, and they might not even be that bad of a first round. Imagine if we were the guys to take Golden State down in the first round.
2: I, I, we played them too many times in their in their heyday. I just want no part of them. You don't I think want to so? <laughs> it could be a dream. play against Golden State, or would you rather play
0: against... Oh, shoot. Just the two through, you know, three through... Eleven. Right? We have our choice. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't want to pick the hardest choice, you know? Like yeah, could you imagine I mean, Nurk against Clint Capella in the post?
1: Ooh. Honestly, or, I'm not that I don't think Houston is that scary right now, bro. Exactly. Like, so,
0: like, think about like all the other posing centers in the NBA. Would you really want to challenge the best team or you know, maybe see them in the finals or semifinals, you know? That like, yeah, we could play them, but I'd rather have some somebody that loves giving up points to the center, and Damian Lillard has a good match. Like, I'd rather pick another team if we're talking playoffs already. Like, could you imagine Nurk against San Antonio in seven games with the pettiness factor? I'd rather have that. Oh my god. (laughs)
1: <laughs> dude uh portland versus san antonio would be an amazing series i feel like and I, again i don't i think we might even have the upper the upper hand in that one i it, it depends on how Son- uh, san antonio finishes out the season because they're one of those teams you really just can't count out right well yeah but, Doug, uh, they've,
0: they've had like two months straight of either blowout on e- right loss or win and then when they play like pop's totally cool with playing their dudes big minutes when it's a close game but if it's any others like you know that team's old so the,
1: I think like it, a week ago, a week yeah. ago I'd seen they they won like thirteen of sixteen. I'd saw, yeah. seen that stat a while back, but yeah, it was like just, it was blow
0: It was blowouts, you know. So,
2: <laughs> quick question for the both of you before we head to our commercial break: If the playoffs were to start today, who would be your ideal first round matchup for the Trailblazers? Assuming we would have home court advantage, I would take the Spurs. Honestly, <laughs> I know. I that's know your ideal.
0: I don't know, man, because like the guards are trash. So Damon CJ are gonna get theirs. We know LaMarcus Aldridge. We've played with. He's been on this team forever. Stotts actually knows how to defend LaMarcus Aldridge. I'll take like the previous knowledge as a thing, and then the fucking pettiness. Give me all the petty, (laughs) like LaMarcus is a snake type of shit, man. I'll take that. What about you, Keith?
1: Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I could see what you're talking about. The, the pettiness factor, the the war against LaMarcus would be really interesting. And, yeah, I think LaMarcus and DeRozan, their mid-range game against our guards and Nurkic Plain and Simon, again, I don't Brent think that we would Forbes be behind that. Brent Forbes
0: is their starting point guard. Brent <laughs> Forbes, do you know what school he went to? Do you no. know Mission anything about, about Brent – there you go. Do you oh, okay, know anything okay. about Brent Forbes <laughs> except he likes to shoot three-pointers and has a weird mustache? No. <laughs>
1: I didn't even know the three-pointers. I just knew the mustache. Oh, oh yeah. Brett uh, Forbes can
0: hit threes, but that's about it. Like, yo, that, that team isn't as scary. Like, the coach is, like, one of their best, you know, assets. So, it's like, but, yo, I, I'm in it for the petty.
1: So, as far as the team, though, that we're talking, like, we could take on the first round, are we going to count, like, Sacramento, Minnesota, Dallas? Like, are those guys still options? No, you can't
2: count, count those three. That's how, Okay, so we're talking, You like, can count playoff. Utah or New Orleans, though, because they made the playoffs last year. Oh, man.
1: I don't want Utah nor- or New Orleans as my ideal. I guess maybe right now I'm looking at it. I could see. Uh, wow. How weird does this to say? I could see Houston. Houston being probably the easiest matchup of all those ones that I'm looking at right now. I don't fear James Harden in the playoffs. I don't think Chris Paul is reliable and Clint Capella is overrated. There we go.
0: <laughs> well, James Harden's putting up numbers right now like crazy. So you know, it's going to be taken out of him. Like he's playing 40 minutes right. a night, dog. You know yeah, that shit's going fu- to exactly. And like, yo, who's this, who's this third best player or fourth best player right now? Is it Austin Rivers? Is it PJ Tucker, Gerald Green, Daniel House? It isn't that depth of theme. <laughs> it doesn't have a lot of depth, man, unless they make a trade and sacrifice their future, which I don't know if that'd be smart since Chris Paul's injured and old.
1: Okay, what about this, though? Uh, So as far as, like, like, so shout out to Brian Freeman. He kind of put this out on Twitter a while ago, too. He was talking about, would you rather have, like, Denver, they're having the injury issues right now, and let's say they maintain first seed versus Golden State like they're starting to really lock in, right? And let's say at the end of the season, regular season, they're looking good. They got boogie back. Would you want that seventh seed or would you want to lose a game and face Denver as the eight to one? If they're Denver,
2: the Denver, 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 Denver. 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 Yeah.
1: Okay. Wow. So is that strong? Like you really don't want Golden State. Do you remember no, every time we seen
0: players? They have all stars.
1: All yeah, but, but they are falling apart. If they're starting to chip away right now, we could be that. We could be the back. The, the why do you want back, that? But... Why do you want that that pressure? Oh, it's like, a hero story. <laughs> how many no, hero
0: stories no. happen? The only time the hero story happens is when they die, but they fucking succeed in a little thing. <laughs> I, give me Denver. Give me, yo, who's the star player going to be in the last second to take that last shot? Jamal Murray, who has a 50 point game one day and then the next day gets eight on 20 shots? Come on, dog. Sure, Steph Curry's yeah. the best shooter ever. Like, come on. Let. L- I know, I know. Beating Golden State would be awesome, but it's not Simulation 2K where you can just start it up next year. It's it's a <laughs> pure basketball team. dog. Yeah, yeah. I
1: know.
0: The I best team to
2: beat. It's the Los Angeles Lakers. That's the first round opponent I yes, want. Yes, there we uh, go. Blazers, okay. Lakers. I Lex like the Pettiness Yeah, Do I like it. the petty and then yeah, we we'll have to deal with rage on Rondo. Ron tri- <laughs> triple team of
0: Rondo. That's all you do. And then just hope the Rondo just says, "Fuck it, I hate. I, I don't need to play well against this team again."
2: So how no, about I, that whole thing, I really want to play the Lakers and expose. I see. I think the Lakers are a team you can expose in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, I, I like this. Th- this is kind of like what I was saying with Golden State one in that hero story, but that would be probably an easier option. I'm waiting. Yeah. I could see this one. I could see this one. This is a much better matchup. Is like that you say, shaming you, making, making you
0: uh, change your mind against Golden State? Oh, no <laughs> way.
1: <laughs> look, this is perfect. I'm just saying it's a better, better example of what I was already looking for. Dustin showed me the light here. Lakers <laughs> are the way to go, man. Uh, and look, isn't the last, uh, I think, what, last road game of the season against the Lakers? We have one more against them and it's like right at the end.
2: Yes. We play so Denver back-to-back, go. basically, and we have the Lakers, and then we close it out, I think, against, like, the Kings or something. So yeah, that's the right. end of April is going to be very, very interesting. But let's uh, preview the upcoming week's games and take a fan question uh, right after these uh, commercial break.
0: You are listening to The Holy Backboard on the Sage Digital and Nothing But Net Networks. For more on your trailblazers, go to iTunes, search The Holy Backboard, and subscribe
2: today. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Holy Backboard Podcast. Dustin and Sage here with special guest Rip City Keith from the Trailcasters. Boys, we have a question from the other half of the Trailcasters. Brandon, he wants to know, what's up with CJ? Is he going to break out of a slump, and are we concerned? Um, Sage, we're already concerned. I think that's pretty pretty apparent. I think the running joke with with me and and Olga is – one of every five games, CJ's going to get biz, and he got biz. Man, are we playing the Sixers anytime <laughs> soon?
0: Like, that's the He's team. He got biz against <laughs> Hornets the Hornets, Santa.
2: Uh, I guess we got to wait another four or five games. Well, like,
0: but I'm just I thinking of defenses that just allow a shitload yeah, of points to ball dominant shooters. Oh, that was the one that came to mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I think he is what he is now, man. Like, really scoring dependent guard which he's been for a while and i mean sometimes the shots fall sometimes it doesn't i i feel like dame and cj are just too similar that's and they're just they're just stopping each other from progressing enough like dame handling the ball more nurk having the highest usage rate on the team what does that mean it takes away from cj like nurk's brilliance is taken away from cj's you know high floor now it's just a pretty small uh, lower floor
1: yeah i'm definitely worried a bit about cj uh i and keep waiting against for the, the hornet break and like it's looking like, a little we, better we, we right we now but like you said one out of
0: five. So is like not of, of course he takes advantage of it you know what i'm calling it right now CJ is getting right. 35 plus <laughs> against cleveland Cleveland's the worst defensive team. Cleveland's the worst defensive team in the oh, NBA. God, That's that why.
1: Beautiful. I would love to see that. Uh I don't know. I, I'm I'm not sold that. To- Okay, so so what about him? Uh, That's not up him though. Being just the, That's shooting, not him the scoring though. shooting guard. Like, like we heard like all this talking about him. him uh, yeah, more he, of a Yeah,
0: he distributor, got drafted in twenty thirteen. Kind of didn't offense, really play till twenty fourteen. So from twenty fourteen yeah. on, and he's, he's playing has with he looked like the He's not on his own. Running the offense, Type right? of guy. He's, no. He gets his. He's getting biz. He's getting buckets. So asking a guy to do something he's not particularly comfortable with, I don't know if it's the best plan for you know his you know him producing now into the future.
1: He's actually had more assists per game uh, every year since 2014-15. So, yeah, that's that's exactly the mark you're talking about.
2: I will say that I do think Dame um, yeah, he deferred to more. the last two games in person yeah. against the Bulls and the Hornets. I did think Dame did a better job of trying to get in the ball earlier and more often. Yeah, and CJ actually did – I thought he did a a better job of probing a little more. I love when he takes the ball and goes underneath the basket and gets the big on him and does that one little uh, Dirk step back about 10 feet away from the hoop. He had a couple of those. That was more vintage CJ. Basically, I think CJ has a 40-game audition plus the playoffs with his team. I think if he doesn't pick it up, he's going to get moved in the offseason. I know everyone thinks he's Neil's boy, but if Portland falters in the postseason and CJ doesn't pick it up, he's going to get dealt. Um.
1: Oh, okay what What about his value though like if he's not playing well is it the right time to get rid of him
2: I just don't know if Neil O'Shea ever going to be do you think that <laughs> if he's ever going to be able to trade him if CJ's playing well like helps, he's like oh that's uh, my Dame guy feel that's more the dude confident, I
0: confident in being um, a more of a playmaker in those games because like we were gonna win so it's like well might as well get our boy a little extra confidence like get him a few more extra touches yes. like if we're playing a good team is he really gonna feel like, oh shit, I gotta get CJ his twenty shots to get, you know, twenty two points. You know, it's like Well
1: the thing is
2: Well, I was I don't trying to think make you want CJ shooting the ball shooting twenty joke, times, but I also right. think it is on Damien to have trust. That's what a leader does. He's a <laughs> he's a fantastic leader, but that's the kind of the next maturation process in his, his game is okay. We're playing the never nuggets tonight. Top team in the Western conference. Um, let's see if this guy's going to get hot. Well, let's, I'm going to trust CJ that he's going to hit mm-hmm. his first few jump shots. I mean, that's what a great quarterback does. Your wide receiver drops two passes. I'm going back to you because I trust you on third down. Um, I I think we will see that. And I do think that this schedule stretch where we had those three easy games in a row at home got a lot of practice in and they they got hopefully got a rhythm. And so I think this was the perfect time for that Mm -hmm. stretch. And hopefully they can take what they learned to more hostile environments case in point tonight in Mile High City.
1: Justin, you read my mind, my friend, because that's exactly what I was gonna say. If this was the perfect time for Dame to work on getting his guys going, trying to find some new rhythm for it, having these nice, easy games against like Eastern Conference teams at home, uh, and I do think, like you know, Charlotte. If you put like you know, what was it, New York, Chicago, and Charlotte, Charlotte, I would I would say is the toughest of those three, right? So the assist mm-hmm. didn't quite come through. Need to actually kind of pull and make sure the team was on top. But what you what were Dame's assist totals for the first two? I think it was like ten and twelve, or nine and nine and ten, or, it, it's it's just through the roof for it, and. I don't know. I, I think uh, maybe we see a blueprint for what they do the rest of the season. Maybe we see Dame helping to get CJ going. I think early, there's too many and gets like in the variables and to half, like, uh, and Hopefully we the get bench CJ going up, in I the guess, first quarter. Sometimes,
0: what if we're going against a yep. really good defensive team and CJ's bricking? Sometimes the it, I think it. Sometimes it is good to be, you know, able to adapt to changes that happens. And every game is going to be different because, like, you know, there's so many different very of different things that could happen in a game. You miss one shot here, you make one there, and it changes everything. So I think we got to stay balanced with what's in front of us in the given day, or the given day,
2: game, excuse me. All right, I think let's. I think it's time to talk about the upcoming slate of games. Portland has four, two on the road, two at home. Uh, tonight and tomorrow is a back-to-back at Denver, at Sacramento. Wednesday against oh, the eight-win Cavaliers, as Sage mentioned, and Friday against the struggling New Orleans Pelicans. A game which uh, <laughs> we will be going Isn't- to. Um, let's Gary do a Harris bit of rapid fire. He was at, he was Razor's ra- Nuggets. Yeah, he was a, Keith Sage. Give me your X factor. So it, give me if your if prediction. He's out. He's gonna win. Shit.
0: Mon- no, it's not Monte Morris. He did not play one. last uh, night in their loss. Who reminds me of uh, West Math? No, that's a small forward. Of, uh, shit. Beasley, Malik Beasley. Tory, Kirk. Malik Beasley played like thirty-five minutes when Gary's out. So it's it's gonna be Murray, uh, Malik. Whatever the small forward is, and then blah, blah, blah. Torrey Craig. Ugh. Will Barton needs to get healthy for that team. And then Millsap Joker. Torrey I think w- whenever Harris is out, you can expect Mur- Murray's <laughs> uh, usage rate and like the times he shoots the ball to go up. So Murray's going to have a, be- a pretty nice uh, game or an awful game because he's so variant with his uh, production. But uh, Gary Harris being out really, really is a big factor because he is a good defensive player like CJ has it's a pretty good chance CJ goes off tonight oh, man okay fine if Gary Harris is out I can CJ see it's that. a good game it, baby. <laughs> oh there you go. <laughs> oh, I, I, no, I, no,
2: no! I no. it's this in Denver or is it in air. Portland let's go that, make your pick
0: I think we lose because it's in Denver <laughs> I think it's a toss up game and I think home court, and then the mile high, like Denver Denver. elevation, definitely matters in this game. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Keith. You're looking at me like I like I did you dirty, but I'm sorry. But
1: Oh, God, killing my soul, bro, killing my soul. No, <laughs> look, I I hear you. It is a toss-up game. It's a uh, it's in Denver. It, the The altitude there is infamous, right? And I think it's going to be, it could be a pretty telling game, other than, you know, it is a little tipped in their favor just because of the environment for it. But we've had this great week to practice. The team should be really dialed in on what works, what is working for them, kind of maybe the new blueprint, like we were saying earlier. But this will be the first Western Commerce team we faced in over a week. So the level has got to be up. And we have seen the Blazers before play up to their opponent, sometimes to the detriment when it's a bad opponent. But, you know, I don't know. Hopefully but they come ready. I'm going to go with the Homer answer. I'm going to predict a. 116-109 Blazer victory.
2: Ooh. Yeah, I think yeah. yeah X Adam. factor is Yusuf Nurkic's foul trouble. Um, mm, right. I think going, going only to be one game amped where to go up against Jokic. Right. Those two always have great battles, and he's done traditionally well against Joker. Um, exactly. Right. And I think the Blazers do win. Um, Harris is hamstring. I looked at Twitter. He's questionable as of 30 minutes ago. Um, even if he can go hammies are nothing to, you know, try, try garden CJ on, on a bum hammy. So if he does play, I would expect Portland to run him ragged as, as need be. And I really think if we focus and um, play through Nurk, and the Dame hits a couple big shots late, I think this could be the momentum the team needs. So, for the team's sake, I really hope they, they get this victory. And I I can kind I of say have my a, I have a pretty good feeling about tonight. Rebounding. So I'm gonna go Blazers. If we can't with get the dub, board past, which leads us Paul to a back to back. There's a problem. Sacramento. So let's
0: dominate the glass, man. No. Okay.
2: All right, okay. Sage, a little uh, bit Nirk more rapid fire, let call it from the yield? X factor prediction.
0: If we can ha- it's is it in Portland or is it Sackdown? down? Oh, sorry. Ooh, yeah. that's that that's scary because road to back to backs are the one where I feel no, like it affects road back to Sorry, this is not rapid fire, but uh, road back to back scare me. But I think we win because Nurk and I think Nurk just took Willie Collestein's soul. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nerd killed him last time, man. I I feel like it's uh I don't think Sacramento's gonna feel that good against us. I think my next is gonna be uh the three point defense. <laughs> I don't want to see healed or who's the other three point shooter they had that kind of got us a little bit last
2: time. Yeah,
1: yeah. There we go. Thank you. Uh, you gotta defend the three point line, and that's the bigger problem that Blazers have in general. We have been what about you, Three point uh defense this year. So yeah, just control that part of it, and it shouldn't be a problem.
2: I think with it being a back-to-back on the road, you're playing the previous night in high altitude. It's going to have to be bench. I think Stotts is going to expand the rotation to ten or eleven guys. I think we're going to need production from the bench to win. Uh, we got 18 off the bench last time we played in Sacramento against Seth Curry, or for Seth, Seth Curry had 18 off the bench, but nobody else really did anything. I mean, it was really just Dame late throughout the the course of the game. We're going to need more production off of the bench. I think the Blazers will get that. Uh, Seth's been rolling. Stauskas has been rolling. And uh, a game for Myers Leonard. So I got the Blazers winning. There we go. I got the Blazers <laughs> w- winning that game. Um, Wednesday, I think we're all going to yeah, predict the, the Blazers victory over the Cavs. If we lose, it's Just give me that. I think, I think our guys rest. Don't predict the Blazers victory over CJ the Cavs. Get the fuck out of um, the podcast. One thing to notice, Larry Nance <laughs>
0: Jr. is out. So that means more Seti. Uh, we better beat the shit out of this team. No, I think I think CJ goes for forty. Boy, I, or I was getting much ready like, like,
1: can we show Sage the door here if he was about to go against <laughs> Blazers on this one? Uh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I, I like I like that one though. I like that idea from earlier. I think uh, the Cavs game is gonna be CJ's chance to go off and get himself right.
2: The X factor, I think, for the Blazers is going to be intensity, focus. If you beat the Nuggets and Kings back-to-back, you're coming home, you see an 8-win team who's obviously trying to tank, what type of uh, motivation do they feel like they're going to have? And we've seen this with the Blazers before. They've won a few games and they've let their guard down. This right. would be a really big test if they can come out with an attitude like they did against the Hornets. Um I think they're going to play around with the Cavs probably until half. I think the third quarter they'll come out. Starters will play all 12 minutes, and then we'll see a lot of Simons and Trent um, in that fourth quarter. So the last game, Sage, we will be there. Blazers-Pelicans, 7.30, tip. Come on, you're our our Pelicans expert, along with your X Factor. Give us us some scouting. What's been going on? Because I had them third in the West preseason, and they've – been Obviously, number one. It's injuries what, injuries, injuries 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 for this team. It's a Orleans curse and, with injuries. Um, I think the there's Portland only been themselves. seven
0: games this year where the entire roster is healthy. But if we take away each one more who was not healthy yesterday, it's six. I think Alfred Payton is like the Trent Dilford of point guards. He's not going to kill you. He's going to be a game manager. And that's what they needed since tr- fucking Tim Frazier was the starting point guard for that team. Uh, Drew Holiday has just been absolutely fantastic, offensively, defensively, superstar type of guy, my favorite player in the NBA. Um, Nico Maretic is finally back, which is great. Anthony Davis is actually playing hard, which is scary for us. I think the Portland Trail Blazers win because the Blaze, or the Pelicans are dog shit on the road. The X Factor is stopping AD. The player that could absolutely kill us is each one more. Yeah, I know. I feel so. I feel I so much hate. I feel like sometimes. this going
1: to be a good chance for revenge for the Blazers. I still feel like there's a lot of fans that are feeling this thing from last year. <laughs> uh, I feel good about it, though. I think this. Uh, I'm not too afraid of the Pelicans right now, and I don't think that they're about to get right against us for that one. And actually, I ran out of the room for a second when we got to this game because I wanted to make sure. When I heard you guys say that you will be there, I will also be there. That is my next uh, game with tickets. So I'm going to have to hunt you guys down, find you at halftime or something.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Sage, you mentioned they are dog shit on the road. Five and seventeen. Um, but unlike Keith, I am actually really worried about this game just because Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday, they have the ability to they, they just propose uh they pose a lot of matchup problems for, for this team. And um if Miritich is back, I think we need to punch them inside. With Nurk, I think this is another game where you give Myers a, a chance because he does spread the floor. Um, as as a stretch five, same goes for for Zach Collins as well. And I think it's gonna come down to two things: one, can Dame beat that Darren Ehrman defense, and two, can role players hit three point shots. Um, just because the game is in Portland, I'm the gonna go with the Blazers. But I think he it could come the down to the final shot. I think it's Pelicans gonna be a, he's a very a lot. tough, <laughs> hard fought game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I know what the Pelicans' coaching, you know, roles right, and responsibilities get, man, are. Get, whereas the Blazers sage too I don't too much. Know shit. I actually thought of a question: If you could take <laughs> any player from the Cavaliers' contract and all, would you want anybody on that current team <laughs> on this Blazers roster? You have to take their contract.
2: Wait, you have to take their For contract. The future.
0: Okay. Ooh.
2: Um, what about you? I would Keith? take Colin Sexton as a uh, point guard insurance. Oh,
0: awful! Really? It's, it's a trade They're trying yeah. to trade. Yeah, it's it's like I mean, Supermax that, territory.
1: I was thinking about Kevin Love. What's his contract at? It's abysmal. Abysmal, right? Horrible. <laughs> he's he has a big contract too, bro. Oh god, yeah, not worth it. I don't know. Could could you look at Tristan Thompson? Uh-huh. No, he's probably in the same kind of boat. <laughs> Man, that team just has I, I, the the value they have there. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's, the, all, it's Colin the, yeah, Sexton for nothing. I'm going uh, to take the easy bad. answer and cheat off a dust. I'm glad that moment, I added Conrad. I, I can't think of all. anyone else in that but, team yeah. that I'm really looking for.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. It could be a very great week for the Blazers, man. <laughs> I, I predicted 3-1, and one and I was the negative Nancy. So Or the negative Neela.
2: I mean, it's me and Keith both predicted 4-0. You predicted 3-1. It could honestly be 1-3, I think, outside of the Cavs. The road games are, are incredibly difficult. It took a mm-hmm. miracle by Dame in the, in the stretch on New Year's Day to just get by the Kings. The, the Nuggets, I think, have the best Suns. home court advantage right now in the entire NBA. Thankfully, we get them on a back-to-back, and they did drop one to the Phoenix Suns. And then the Pelicans provide us with a tough, a tough matchup um, both offensively and defensively. I think three and one, if Portland really is serious about keeping up with home court advantage, it is probably the minimum. You got to protect home court and you got to beat the Kings. No one's going to bat an eye if you lose to Denver. Right. Although that would give them a 2-0 lead in the season series. And the last two games are basically back to back and chances of beating a team back to back of that caliber slim to none. And if, it's going to be tight. You're going to want to have those division tiebreakers. We're already down 2-0 to Utah, 1-0 to the, the Thunder. Um, we we really need this game. And uh, that game we lost on that last second shot in Portland against Denver really set us behind the eight ball a bit. So I'm looking forward to, in about an hour and a half, the Trailblazers – you know, I think this game tells us a lot about where they're at. And if we come out and we get blown out like we did in Milwaukee, um, then you're probably reevaluating whether you need to make a trade if this team's even, you know, if they're at that caliber. But if, if they play a hard fought game and, you know, they drop it by like six or seven points, then you're like, okay, we're probably. Just another player away. So I think this game will will tell us a lot, and especially the Sacramento one after one will as well. I mean, you gotta take advantage of injuries. here's to the Blazers getting probably. I think if Gary Harris is playing or not, he's gonna be hurting with the hamstring.
0: So it's like take advantage of stuff, things that are handed to you with injuries. Uh, one guy that scares me is Monte Morris on that team. I think I forgot to talk about. Yeah, Monte Morris is my favorite rotation, like backup in the league. Absolutely.
1: So, if if this week goes two and two, is that a disappointment for the Blazers? Like Depends on who we lose to, right? as
2: Well, two and two, and I think is like minimum because I mean, the think Cavs pace, it, but, but that would mean you shoot
0: three pointers. If we That's lose fair. to the Cavs yeah. because yeah. Yeah. campaign, Matthew Deladova, uh Alec Burks, and uh, Jordan Clarkson get hot. I feel like that is unacceptable of a loss. But if we lose to the Pelicans or the Nuggets and the Kings have improved, I I, I could be cool with two and two, but the Cavs are just like the team we have to destroy by thirty. Like that that team is so bad.
2: Yeah, I, I I would agree with, with Sage. We have to get at least at least two of these games. Um, and the, while the Kings, they are you still have to find a way to beat them if you're mm. going for home court at West. I mean, you look at Denver last night, dropped a, a game against the Suns without Devin Booker. Like that's going to be a game they look back and be like, I wish we had that one. And Portland's done that this year. We lost to the Wizards. Like you you just can't do that. So um, hopefully Portland handles business. Um, and gets off to a good start tonight against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Keith, thank you for joining us. Uh, why don't you let our listeners know where they can uh, hear you and Brandon at?
1: Thank you guys. Just want to say real quick Same too, here. this is a real full circle experience for me, considering that uh, Dustin, you were one of my first experience with kind of Blazers social media uh, and the digital media. And uh, Sage, you got me into podcasting. We would not have Trailcasters if not for your help. So thank you both. Uh, been a real honor to come on with you guys. You guys can find me at City Keith on Twitter and Trailcasters weeks, uh, Trailcasters episodes every week with me and Brandon Goldner.
0: Um, and thank you. Oh, what else? Were you check asking? out Do you my stream <laughs> at Mixer.com/slash <laughs> no, Desage. Sage, you got anything? Uh, to I plug? created a new uh, YouTube channel for me on 2K, and there'll be videos dropping there. Um, yeah, a lot of 2K shit. Yo. I'm going to do a Trailblazers rebuild where I'm taking over the team and going to be trading a lot of the bad contracts and trying to win a NBA championship in three years. That's the goal. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening. And as always, go Blazers.
1: Go Blazers.
0: Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night,
1: everybody. Let's go.